Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Frames Per Second Podcast. Ready for tonight? I'm as ready as a person can be. Minister Malcolm X. Hey, Jeff, you don't suppose you could sign an autograph? Yeah, of course, ma'am. Give him an autograph, Jim. Actually, Mr. Cook. <laughs> oh, sure thing, brother. Listen, listen. Brothers and sisters, listen, listen, listen. Miami, the champ! I swear we'll never find a way to where we're going all alone. The goal is for us to really be free. What's going on? It's your boy, Nikki Doucet, a.k.a. Mr. No Disrespect, and you're now tuned into the Frames Per Second podcast. In this episode, we are continuing on our second annual Blacklist Review rewatchable series. Um, Like I mentioned in the last uh, Blacklist Review, we're switching up a little bit by each crew member picking a movie that is dedicated to a subgenre of black filmmaking. Um, this episode will de- be, last week was romantic comedies. This one we're doing dramas. Um, and I'll let the person introduce this film that they selected. Oh, that's me. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I don't want to say I was struggling to pick, but I thought that this would be a good, a good selection because it's new. It absolutely is a drama. It's based off of a it's a it's a ad, adaptation of a play, so it I think it hits all of the dramatic notes, and it is one night in Miami. One night in uh, Miami, directed by Regina King. Is this her first? It's her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Oh, filmmaking director. Because I think didn't she do film? Yeah, she's she's done some um, television. Yeah, she's done a lot of different shows. I think, but yeah, this is her first um, cinematic debut as a director. All right, well, since it's your movie, I'm going to start off with you. Overall thoughts? <laughs> Overall thoughts, I really liked it. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think it was very, it was an interesting take to me. Um, I'm, uh, I've am i always been interested in Malcolm X as a character. Um, and I like, I just, I, yeah, I enjoyed this. <laughs> what about you, Rod? Um, it, was, it was surprisingly enjoyable. Um, I don't think I was super hyped to watch it. Was I? I can't remember. You weren't. Yeah, I wasn't super hyped to watch it. You're not it. big on period pieces anyway. I'm not big on period pieces, and I'm kind of sketchy on people playing like people I knew or or know or know of or whatever because it's it's hard to get them right for me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's, you're gonna have to kill it if if you if you're gonna play somebody that I'm a, I'm up on. It's, you're gonna have to make it really convincing. Okay, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Uh, I liked it. <clears throat> uh, I, I I didn't have a lot of interest in watching this before I watched it, but it was cool. Didn't love it, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah, I I didn't have an interest in watching it, but you know, once it got into the match with being in the hotel and talking, I loved it from there on out. Yeah, it I it was one of those movies like I'm going to eventually get to it, but I probably I'm not like Rod said I'm not anticipating it. Like it's not the first like as soon as it dropped it wasn't the first thing I wanted to watch. But then when I watched it I was like, "Oh, okay. This is actually a lot better than I expected." Um which I was happy for because I really wanted to see what uh Regina King was like as a director. Um and I think she did a really good job with this. Uh so let's get into the film. I mean, what really stood out to me was just like I liked how the film started off with when it comes to like the we get the four main characters, which is Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown. And we all get to see what their lives was like at that point in time. Um, I didn't realize how young they were when it came to like how they were their friendship and then what they were dealing with at that time. Um, what did y'all think about how that opened up and how we got those di- four different scenes where they're in their craft, but they're still dealing with all types of shit. I wasn't invested at that point. Um, at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't invested at that point because, like I said, <laughs> like 
it's, it's, it takes time for me to be convinced uh, about a person that I know of in history. Uh, I felt the same way about uh, Chadwick, Chadwick when he was playing James Brown, mm-hmm. um, when he played Jackie Robinson. It took a minute for me to be like, okay, I can see it or whatever. Um, so same thing here. Like Muhammad Ali, I was like, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds like you're trying to be Muhammad Ali. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? And so that, that- She didn't get lost into the character. No, <laughs> not at all. I'm like, oh my God, that I think that's Muhammad Ali. No, I did not feel that way. It kind of came off hokey. Like, oh, you, 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 you're sounding too much like how we seen him in, in interviews and shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that kind of didn't pull me in. Um, Malcolm seemed a little interesting because he didn't really say much. He seemed like very kind of calm or whatever. Um, and and um, who's a uh, Sam Cook? Sam Cook, yeah. Um, that seemed that's I guess that seemed believable. I don't know much of Sam Cook like that, so yeah. that was fine. Mm-hmm. And it was some, who's the uh, Jim, Brown. Jim Brown? Yeah, I could see Jim Brown being like, but but I didn't believe that dude is Jim Brown though for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. He didn't I'm like okay, but um, so yeah, starting off like seeing those individual situations, it was okay, but it didn't pull me. I wasn't invested yet at that point. Oddly enough for me, I'm kind of the same way. That was the beginning and the setup was probably my least favorite Mm -hmm. part of the film. Um, And my least favorite character of this film was Jim Brown, but his intro was probably the most interesting his interaction with the with the white guy. Like that mm-hmm. was probably the most mm-hmm. interesting interaction or setup out of all that of them. That is interesting, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you were familiar with these characters, it's kind of lackluster to me. It, it if you weren't okay, maybe it's of some importance. Um, I think because I was not as familiar with Sam Cooke's career, that also probably gave me the most backstory with him. Um, I'm familiar with his music, but I wasn't necessarily f- familiar with his car- the span of his career, the things he went through in his career. So that maybe was more interesting. But yeah, the setup was just that it was a setup and it didn't pull me in necessarily. Yeah, um, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on it because I agree with Nay as far as that Jim Brown scene was what kind of captured me into this film. <laughs> what did you think about that? those uh, intro scenes? Oh, I was I was bored to tears for like the first thirty to forty five minutes of this movie. I was like, this is not interesting in any way, shape, or form. That part, for some reason, I just felt it was coming because the guy, the white guy, was being way too damn nice. Mm-hmm. And when he still he said, "Hey, man, niggers aren't allowed in the house," you know that. The like, <laughs> way he said it's so like, like, like it's a matter of fact. Like, yeah, like, like you know that. Like what? And I'm sitting in my chair like, bitch, you had to know that. Right. <laughs> you had to know that. So I didn't really feel that bad for him. Because I'm like, bro, you didn't know that when you got there? It was like, shocking as fuck the way he said it. Because he said it so <laughs> well, cause, matter of fact. Because he like, said, like, look who's on my porch when he first gets there. And I'm like, and I was thinking, yeah. like, the monkey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, is he going to say something about that? And then mm-hmm. he just kept talking. I'm like, okay, maybe he is cool. Not a porch mm-hmm. monkey. He was a porch monkey. Mm-hmm. And he stayed his ass on the porch. Yeah, you but, didn't see that coming a mile away. Yeah, I'm with Mike. Yeah, I didn't see it. I got so wrapped up into him just being so infatuated with Jim. Yeah, Brown I was just bored. Like this is stupid. <laughs> I don't care about this. Like, who are you supposed to be? Because you look nothing and sound. Nothing. Like I'm Jim I'm Brown. with y'all a hundred percent. The only one that was believable for me hundred percent was Malcolm. Yes. Yep. Malcolm. I feel yes. like he nailed it. That's where I may disagree with Rod yes. a teeny weeny bit. The rest of them. Well, that's what I said. I, I did say that. Oh, I did said, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said Malcolm probably was the only one that I actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed yeah, that. My yeah. fault. Um, I did not believe Ali in any way. <laughs> you and didn't. Not no. in any way. I'm with Rod. <laughs> Rod, for real, just fucking Professor X. My brain just now. <laughs> he sounded like he was trying to do an impression of Muhammad Ali on Saturday Night Live, and I felt that for the mm. entire movie, and I was like, I don't believe you at all. They did Ali dirty, man. They really did. Dirty? Like, worse yeah, than, worse than Will like Smith? That all the time. <laughs> no, they had him looking like a big-ass baby. Like, he was just childish all the time. He was very young, He was 22. Though. Yeah, but they had him a little underdeveloped. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it was bad. Some of the things they had him doing, just it was just, I, I didn't rock with that. Mm. Yeah, they made him look I mean, way immature. I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. They did Sam Cooke worse. Really, I don't know much about yeah. Sam Cooke, so that was this was like a really big 
introduction to me as him as a person outside of the music. Well, Sam Cooke is my mom's favorite artist. Mm-hmm. She loves her some Sam Cooke, which is the only reason I even looked into things with Sam Cooke. But the 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 rumor of him kind of being a sellout and that being a label for him, that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know all like if he if it really bothered him or I didn't know the whole thing about Bob Dylan's song being what made him do change gonna come. I didn't know that if that's even true, whatever. But I didn't know it was that detailed. Like they were really nailing home like you ain't shit. You don't care about your people and you up here just making money for white folks. You are a, a sellout. I think that was the setup. Though. Well, obviously yeah, it was a setup. Well, like, even even when it got to the, I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit, yeah. but even when it got to the point of Sam Cooke being like, well, yo, y'all just want a piece of the pie. I want the whole recipe. I was like, yeah, that's a good ass line. It was. But it still doesn't fix everything that's been said before this. You still kind of sound like you're a punk. No, nah, see, I, 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 don't, I, I don't feel like it did. I feel like that was a good setup to him having his own perspective on what he's doing. To him, he never saw it that way. He always saw it as like, well, no, I'm creating opportunities for my for my people. Method da, 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 da. to the madness. Yeah, yeah. See, it didn't. It it it, it sounded like that's what he believed, mm-hmm. but it sounded like everyone else in the room was like, "You're full of shit." Mm. And that, and that very may well may very well be true. But yeah. What I'm saying is that that I think that's more so the arc that they was trying to make for Sam Cooke. I got mm-hmm. the I got the conflict there. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about it is Malcolm's voice is, was just so commanding in his performance. The mm-hmm. actor's performance was so commanding that it could very easily have gotten um you very could easily could have lost it in in that in Mal- in the Malcolm performance. But I did get and feel the conflict there between him being more of a like the business mind and I think at one point Jim Jim Brown might have even said, you know, you can't you can't question his business acumen. Like he he makes money for his people. And I think that there I did feel the conflict between the way I'm trying to go about it versus the perception of it. Mm-hmm. So and and I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. even current day, like just how you might necess- you the perception of you being for the people versus you just kind of paying the back and getting the business for your people in order. And how you juggle those two. But no, I felt a conflict. I just think that Malcolm's performance outshone it. Out, mm. is that Shined it. Outshone? outshone? Yeah. <laughs> well, is that actually outshone? <laughs> I don't know. Outshine slash outshone. Right. Yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I never picked up on that. The that he was part. making money for his people. Yeah, I, it always should. just sounded... Cause, like, one of the first things Malcolm says to me is like, oh, well, you like your white women. And he laughs and it's like a little jolly thing. But Jim I, Brown. Yeah, no, Jim no, no. Brown. Jim Brown later on says, I like yeah, white women did, too. Did, you know, Malcolm said it to Sam yeah, Cooke. He did, he did. Um, I never got that he was doing what he was doing like with a purpose. It just sounded like he was just making money. Even when mm-hmm. he did, gave the um the story about on um, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, the Beatles Rolling Stones thing. Yeah, when he's I'm trying to remember what the details So they that. took so he had an artist who did mm-hmm. a song, it kind of hit Bobby Womack, and, right? I don't know if it was Bobby Womack oh, or was not. It Bobby but oh, then wow. the Rolling Stones wanted to cover it. Yeah. The guy didn't want to give the song. He said, no, give him the song. It went number one on the pop charts. And he said, now nah, this man will get a check for this for the day he Rest dies. Of the life. Yeah. That, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it was the Malcolm <laughs> thing, but that just sounded to me like a bullshit ass excuse. It sounded like I'm trying to justify selling my soul to white people. Hmm. Because- yeah, sure. You you let these white guys cover your song and they're going to make millions off of this song and you're still going to get a check, sure. But it's really going to be looked at as their song. That's kind of the way things worked back then. So yeah. when when Malcolm is telling him like, "Yo, Bob Dylan just spoke out for our people and he had nothing to gain from this. He just did it because he felt like that's what needed to be done." What have you done? You're sitting here talking about, you know, "I love you" and you know, you send me, but you're not doing anything else. And I, I was really wrapped up in that conversation. Mm. But it really, to me, I feel like out of everyone, Sam Cooke walked out of that conversation looking the worst. Mm. And I will, I do agree with that. He walked out looking the worst and he walked out the most affected by what was saying because right. the, the idea is that then he comes with a chance mm-hmm. to come, right? Right. So I, I do agree that the intention was to make it seem like he was the most convicted out of everyone, because everybody in that room, with the exception of him, seemed to be very much pro, very pro-black in perspective of the right. people and of their audiences. But so, yeah, I do agree that he did come out worse for wear in all of that. 
but I also did feel the conflict. Mm-hmm. Ken, do you feel yeah, like... I think he had the best... I honestly think... Oh. I just want to say... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead with you. Laugh. It was just funny. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> All I was going to say real quick, um, I just wanted to kind of stay on Sam Cooke. Oh, I, I, I think I enjoyed his arc the most, actually. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because, because they, they really created that conflict there. Because, and I know you said you might have missed it, but for me, like, no, nah, I really felt like Sam Cooke had a point, mm-hmm. and then Malcolm would counter that point. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like they kept going back and forth with counters, and I was like, that, "That's very like like that's drama, right?" In itself, yeah. that I feel like that's they, they, those were the main two that created some sort Attention. of tension yeah. in in the movie. So I really liked his art. You know what I think it is for me? I think I was just the whole time I was like, "Malcolm's right, Malcolm's right, <laughs> yeah. Malcolm's right." Malcolm's right. That's crazy. So maybe that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, I just, and, and, I, and I was like that too, but then Sam would come with something like, oh, I get that. All See, right. Sam never came with anything that made me be like, oh, damn, wow. that really fucked up Malcolm's point. I think because I'm it. a business... Uh, be, not, I don't want to come no, off No, you're not. Okay, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> you're right. I know jack shit about business. Because I'm actively a businessman yeah. and I make business, business decisions like that, I, I get what yeah. he was saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. That, that makes sense. He, this he, is funny you're putting it this way because I'm the idealistic asshole that's just like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you're fucking wrong <laughs> the whole time. And you're like, but no, think about this. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I was, I was going to actually ask Ken, like, do, did he think that Malcolm was too hard on Sam? Um, He hit him with some gut punches, boy. Mm, he did, boy. Mm, I remember, man, you wouldn't even think time. they was friends, like, for right. real, like. And obviously they was about to fight and shit, so <laughs> shit, shit hit home. I never really looked at it that way. Like uh, what, what way? That he was too hard on him. Mm. No, he I was, didn't either. I mean, he hit him with some gut punches, but I think that he was saying the only, like, especially once he did the whole re or went back and had the flashback at a concert. I think to his point, he said it very early. Like you have the biggest platform out of mm-hmm. all of us. Like mm-hmm. music moves everybody like not just black people like you have the ability to move people and you're not using it so i got i didn't he was say it like him. yeah he said it way you gotta say you it like him you said it real nice <laughs> <laughs> no, the way you said it sounded good hey brother you know what man, you gotta, man. but like I, I think that he was hard on him but i never felt like it was unwarranted i felt like it was like it was you necessary said it's because i think mm-hmm. so highly of you I want to see that's what's so dope. I, yeah. I, this is the part of the conversation between Malcolm and Sam that I found super interesting throughout the whole film. Was when Sam looked at Malcolm, he was like, Bro, look at the rest of us and look at you. <laughs> you ain't shit for it, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm talking never, about Jim Brown. No, no, no. When, when, when mm-hmm. Sam said it to Malcolm, he was like, Bro, you just like being around the stars for real, for real. Jesus. What the fuck are you doing? Bro, when he said that to Malcolm, I was like, I've never seen no one talk or say that about Malcolm X. And obviously, we're looking at it from 2020 hindsight sure. of Malcolm X. But at the time, I'm like, that makes sense for him to respond. Like, bro, you criticizing me. Sam, like, to Rod's point, I'm putting po- uh, money in black people's pockets, black artists. I sign black artists. I, uh, hmm. I'm living in, like, I know he's, hmm. it's, a, it's a, was he signing black artists? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was. was he? He was. Yeah, yeah so there's a conspiracy theory going around that, that, because Sam, was killed right mm-hmm. a couple after. years later mm-hmm. so there was a conspiracy theory going around that because he was like empowering black mm-hmm. people by owning oh. his masters and signing yep. uh, uh, black artists that he was uplifting and empowering them so they got rid of him mm-hmm. I didn't know he was signing black yeah. artists he said it in yeah. the movie yeah, that's why, like when he said all of a sudden he's just not been listening to him because yeah, he was pissing weird. me off <laughs> He had, nah. he had the best like art actor. Yeah. I don't. I think y'all can't get past that actor. Oh, Leslie Odom. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, think it was. was it wasn't. Fun. It wasn't that for you. No, I just everything he was saying was making me mad. Mm. I just hate how they had him singing them near every scene. I was like, come on, bro. Well, what's he gonna do? I'm just saying, bro. Like, yeah, you ain't see Jim Brown doing cuts. You know what I'm saying? As a running back, doing that. But Ali was singing. But Ali was boxing. Yeah. But he was actually boxing though. Yeah, when Ali was doing that fucking stupid fake voice the whole time too. Yeah. I'm just saying, Sam Cooke was coming. He, he was what when him and uh, Ali was getting some uh, that shit at the bodega. He was like, Jesus, Ken is on, Nick. I'm like, Ken is on it. I didn't hear Ken. Oh, people that ahead, sing sing all the time. They all do. The time. Like how many how many musician friends do you have? Not rappers. <laughs> Not the rappers, not musicians, but I'm saying like, I, I, he I know agree. firsthand. One I of do. his boys be singing all yeah, the damn time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the I, be singing. One of his boys be singing. Oh, all I thought I said Nick yeah. would be. I don't want to hear no Nick. I mean, I got a little. You got a little note. You got a little note, 
African Anthony Hamilton back in the day. Oh, you know that's what they said. That's kind of reverse, man. <laughs> that's what they said. They said I sung the dark skin. Nigga, African King on this thing. He got Akon. Chill out, Mike. Chill out, Mike. I'll see you, Nick. No, but I'm just like that. They won't let me out. We locked up. Locked up. We gonna hit it one time. Nonetheless, what I'm saying is that I I really did like the perspective that Sam brought to combat Malcolm X because like most people would agree with Malcolm X again. 2020 hindsight, what he said was actually true, but. At that day and time, like Sam was doing some shit for black people, yeah, I think. That, makes that sense. like like economic freedom is a big thing that but nobody knew about it though. Right. right. And that was the that was the issue. Cause, you know, like Mike said, like he was looked at a sellout. That's all that's what a majority of them saw. There was no social media and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it was a lot of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I even like the conversation that um Jim Brown and Malcolm had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that colorism. was interesting to, like, to me. I didn't expect Jim to even say that stuff to Malcolm. And didn't Malcolm break down a little bit? <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah. If- but that was about him probably being killed. That too. No, nah, he's talking about the part where he was talking about how... Him being light-skinned. Yeah, are you, are you so, so pro-black because you actually want to liberate black people? Or are you so black because you feel <laughs> some sort of inadequacy because you're light-skinned. But that the breakdown was, you were talking about was the Which crying, is a thing right? with some people, I think. Well, oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. The crying part was about something else. Are you talking about the crying when he broke down? Well, I thought it was in the same... I thought he I did. It, it was, was, the same it was scene, all in the same... But, I thought it was interesting because he was in the process of doing his autobiography, and mm-hmm. that's a big part of his autobiography when he talks about his childhood and how his mother was fair-complected, the way she was treated, the way he was treated as a child in the boarding schools because of his complexion. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting that they had that conversation while he's in the midst of writing his autobiography, which then makes you wonder if a conversation like that actually happened, which caused him mm-hmm. to put that piece into mm, the book. Yep. So yeah, it, it, I thought that was interesting. And yeah, he did have the breakdown later, but I don't necessarily know if it was because of the colorism part as much as like you said, one of y'all said, them starting to talk about his relationship to- um, The nation to, of uh, Yeah, to Elijah Muhammad and the nation. I wonder if that's why Sean King the way he is too. Say what? Sean King. <laughs> yeah, people have said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People yeah, have said mm-hmm. that. Now, uh, Mike, I want to ask you a question about uh, Malcolm again. Um, is he the worst Muslim recruiter of all time? <laughs> <laughs> you are not about to get me killed. <laughs> what the fuck wrong with you, bro? Man, his security guard was not playing, though. Oh, my man from... Um, what? He was in Spartacus. No, was he really? He was in Wire. A, was he in The Wire? Yeah, in the wire. He was like, in he's uh, always the same John fucking Wick. character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's always the same. He's man. like fucking... What's his face? Anthony Mackie. He plays the same. <laughs> All right, nah, he ain't. He yes, does. he is. He's he better does. than Anthony no, Mackie. No, he's not. He's what? really not. Think about it, bro. No. He plays the exact same lifeless character in yeah. every single yep. role. Yeah. Every single role. He has no depth. Because yeah. I think he was one of the guys in the... Fr- Nobody probably watched it. But Fringe. Fringe. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Mm. I saw Fringe. Oh yeah, but the TV show. You Fringe? didn't finish it though. I it, didn't. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. Oh, I checked, yeah, we did. Talk I checked that like after bit. season two or three. Yeah, I was like, bro, I'm, I'm good. I finished it, but it got it. It, it was rough. But um, but yeah, no, I agree with you on mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, yeah, he's not good. But man, he he ready to beat up some folks. He would take some people out. Yeah, that motherfucker told him to shush. Dude, he said no, shoo or whatever God he said. Greatest. <laughs> God is great, ain't he? <laughs> that shut down anything. Greater than all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I ain't getting in your ass right now. <laughs> I didn't, but what I didn't realize, and I don't know how much this story is true, and or just like based off a play, but that the the interaction between Malcolm and uh and Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay at the time was really interesting. I didn't know he was like that on the fence with like actually committing to the Nation of Islam as far as from Ali's standpoint, and then to see how Malcolm was trying to recruit him. While also leaving, mm-hmm. that was just a, a interesting conversation. I wish it would have played out a little bit more and a little bit better, but just the it, on a historical context, like that could have swayed a lot of shit moving forward if he doesn't commit. Yeah, that was confusing to me at first too. I didn't, well, I didn't know that he was recruiting Ali during the time he was trying mm-hmm. to leave. So when it got to the end, I was like, okay, is that supposed to be Farrakhan? 
That was um, I'm sorry, not that Elijah, Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad. It was that was yeah. that was inducting. And then you see the wire guy over in the corner. I didn't know that that all that was happening at the same time. I thought Muhammad. I thought I thought Muhammad joined Nation of Islam strictly because of his relationship with Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. So I would have thought he would have left and went with Malcolm X. His because like, he side group, yeah. So I was a bit confused by that. Like, yeah. why did he stay with the nation versus going with Malcolm? And I was trying to re- remember back to Ali, the Will Smith portrayal, because they, they do have a scene with him and Malcolm and how he was pissed off at Malcolm. I forgot exactly if it was because he left or for something else, mm. but there was tension there. And, and I think, mm-hmm. I guess because there was tension there, that's why he decided to stay with the nation and not with Malcolm. Because I feel like, because oh, he even okay. said in the movie, like, I feel like I, I've been used. Mm-hmm. But what was he used for, though? It's not like so. In a in a way, he kind of was. So the fact that he's been talking to Malcolm and they were known friends and talking to him about the nation when there's also this underlying seediness that was going on with the nation. Like you didn't inform me of the the discretions of Elijah Muhammad, the issues that you had with leadership. So you're like telling me all of this to try and get me to join. And then hoping that you, me coming over with you, is going to be your saving grace to get people to come to your new faction that you're trying to include. But that's not what he did. Because how could, how could he be using him if he was telling him to go with the nation? He, he didn't wasn't... do that until he, until he told him that I'm going to be separating from the nation. Right. Right. And then that's when he said, if and you I feel like. like you to come with me. Right. And he said, I want you to come with me. But if right. you feel like I've used you in any kind of way, then by all means, don't. And he didn't. See, I didn't, I didn't get the, the you're using me aspect because it was like, well, what am I even using you for? Well, if, if you recall the conversations between um, Malcolm and Betty, he was hoping that him coming over with him would help him create his new faction. Mm-hmm. So, so Cassius was really his last hope in I, trying to come over. So there was a certain element of manipulation in there. Cause that's what remember he was, in the beginning he was caught when they got to the hotel he was calling uh, Sam and yeah. he called Jim he was like where Malcolm I mean yeah where uh, Cash is at yeah I need to talk to him yeah I got all that but it didn't sound like he was bullshitting or manipulating it sounded like he wanted Cash to be a part of the Islam he faith. knew his value because it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily a bullshit thing yeah. it was just more it wasn't a, forthcoming a, a mission of of what every of everything that's that's going yeah, on. Yeah, but in order to use him, it seems like he would have, like, what would be the reason for him to even tell him that part at that moment? Because. Because the other guy spilled the beans, right? right? I'm trying to get you to join something that I know is fucked up. But but y'all are saying that 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 Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali was his last grace. Like, he was, gonna, he was trying to bring him with him. Yes. So that would be the using part. But if he's saying, join this that's fucked up, then how is he using him? Because he's saying, join this, that's fucked up. You become a Muslim. I separate. You come with me and bring all these fans that are now coming, because know, that know about Nation because of you, are going to now see my new faction. See, I didn't, I didn't get Because he even any- said to Betty, he was like, I got one more trick up my sleeve. And that was Muhammad. Nope. I didn't get the whole, like, you're going to bring your fans over to Islam. Well, it's it's a certain it's a it's a it's a known residual effect like he right. he just won the title and like so everybody fuck with him now and and Malcolm was all about influence no I get that but it didn't seem like it was I guess I just didn't really see it as mm-hmm. being that shady yeah not, it, it was like he was he, honest he, about he, it he can't as a as a Muslim and as a Muslim warrior soldier whatever you want to call it he literally can't go around giving away secrets of uh. Elijah Muhammad's infidelities. He, right. he can't. Like it's not even it's not even a matter of shouldn't. Like you're just you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So why would he tell Muhammad Ali, like, yo, there's a whole bunch of fucked up shit going on with Elijah Muhammad? It sounded like he was trying to get Muhammad Ali over to the Islam faith and then be like, look, you're a Muslim, you worship Allah and you do blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. I am breaking away from this sect. I'm starting my own. I'd like you to come with me. So but why, why not be not forthcoming with that? Because right. he can't. That's what I'm no, saying. I can be he, forthcoming not, not, with not the, the fact that I'm no longer going to yes. be with the nation. And why can't I have you come over and come over with me versus doing this right now with the nation if I know I'm going to separate for them, from them? 
I thought he was going to leave them at that point anyway. He was in the process of leaving them, yes. But he was trying to get him to convert before that happened. Well, yeah, because I mean, converting to Islam before what would, what would it matter if he converts to Islam before or after he leaves that particular? I sect? think the present they don't control Islam. I they, think the, right. It's a, I think it's the presentation of like he sees the the good that the nation does. He sees the influence. It's easier to buy into something that's already moving than for something like a startup. Bullshit. Yeah. So it's like let me get you while you're looking at the best of what it is, and then based off of that, if you buy into that, then you can possibly buy into my vision. It's like somebody hand. becoming like a Christian or whatever, and, and maybe maybe you. I don't know, are, are about to leave the Christian life or whatever, but it's a lot more appealing to bring that person in under the Christian beliefs and they're like, you know, actually... It, I'm about like, to build my own. Child. Like, why, why would I say, well, actually, you know, I'm about to leave and I would like you to leave with me. But that see, seems that's a little the, manipulative. That's the difference. He wasn't leaving the faith. He was simply leaving that group. That's why I don't really see it as that big of a deal. But that group connects may, directly to black people and what Muhammad would buy into. Right, and you may still have Christian beliefs, but you, you, you're going to tweak it a little bit. But he's but didn't Malcolm say that he was breaking away to make a group that was more in line with, with Islam. Islam? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he's been telling Ali that I want you to convert to Islam. It didn't sound like he was specifically saying, I want he you to convert to Islam, to but I only want nation, you to join though. this. And yes, that's he wanted it. him to convert to Islam, but he also was having him join the nation of Islam. Right. As he was leaving. Right. Right. So that's why I don't see it as using. If he was already leaving then why would he say, okay, join the Nation of Islam, I'm already leaving, and then I'm going to call you later and say, come over? He wasn't even going to tell him at that moment. It would be like, I'm trying to convince somebody to join Christianity and join New Birth, right? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) And so you are going to join this church, you're going to join New Birth, and then you find out about all of the transgressions of Eddie Long, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to join New Birth. I know about Eddie Long's transgressions. Mm-hmm. You join New Birth, but I'm going to start my own church. Right. Why would I have you join this church that I know is wrong, and mm-hmm. I know the leader is into some seedy stuff, mm-hmm. versus just jo- creating your own church and have me join your church? Because he's giving you the option of if you want to leave or not. But I wasn't forthcoming with you about Eddie Long's transgressions when I'm trying to get you to join New Birth. I know he, still, I know that there's all these stories going on mm-hmm. about what he does with these boys and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I want you to come up under his leadership. Sure. So then where's the using part is where I'm still stuck? And we can move because, on. Yeah, it's, just, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not that important. Uh, yeah. but, um, I think it's still a good conversation yeah. because it's just that debate that happened and then he just, the next scene, he just goes ahead and joins anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that was, that was more interesting. It just uh, seems a little weird. It just seems a little weird that he wasn't forthcoming with with I, I'm about to do my own thing. Would you like to yeah. come along with me? It definitely seems weird. Yeah. It definitely seems weird. Yeah. I just never got the using part because if he's telling you to go join this group, but I'm starting my own thing, then where's the usury? Mm. It, would, it would be more using if I said, hey, come join Islam. Do not join this shit. I'm starting my own shit. Come with me. But instead he said, join them and I'm starting my own thing and I'd like you to come with me. But if you don't want to, that's fine. It may be too so much. I didn't see a usury there. He gave him the option. It may be too no, much. No, at, at the end advice. of the day, he did give him an option. Because why tell him to join? Why tell him to even join the Nation of Islam? Where's the use? Like you're you're telling him to go join this fucked up shit. You can learn the fucked up shit if you want to on your own, but you can also be a part of the good that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think in Malcolm's mind, he's with you. He Correct. didn't see he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't see himself as using Malcolm. Right. But one could see it is what it was, which is why I, what I thought was smart about the movie because yeah. you you can take it you can either pick way. A side, yeah. Right. Right. Like and, and even Malcolm, like I said, Malcolm himself is like, I'm not using your brother. Like, <laughs> it is, it is so stupid. good. It oh is my god, I love how <laughs> he said shit. About this? We gonna talk I love yeah. how he said. We gonna get to it. Uh, yeah. Brother, he was. I good. got, I got one ignorant question before I go <laughs> oh, to that. God. Of course, just one. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a black. Friday. I ain't trying to shit out <laughs> that much. Ken, Uh-oh. did Jim Brown make a mistake by retiring for the NFL <laughs> to go into acting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, not really, man. He became he became a big star after he left. Man, I'm looking at him. I don't remember that, bro. <laughs> when was Jim that? Jim Brown had some movies, man. Black people love Jim Brown. Was he movies. not gonna get you? We love him. We love him <laughs> playing football too, though. He didn't become. Yeah, but the, well, I mean, I see what Nick is saying, <laughs> but him quitting, you know, uh, the movie industry was more than uh, him trying to become this this movie guy. It was about him not having to say so over mm-hmm. what he was doing, but. 
Yeah, Jim Brown. I mean, you may not like the movies, but from what I remember, a lot of like my dad and people that I talk to fuck with you know his shit. He wasn't a movie star. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I I didn't say he made like he was a horrible actor. I'm just saying like to black people. I I guess I'm looking through it through the black lens. Mm -hmm. What year was this? Seventy six. 64? 64? 64. Because it mm -hmm. was, what, uh, a year before Malcolm was killed? It was, I think, the year... Yeah, the year before. Yeah, mm. I guess there weren't really black superstars in 64 like that. But... Yeah, I was just, I was looking, because like when he said that, I'm like, okay, this would be a great origin story to hear, like, the life and times of Jim Brown. <laughs> like, was, I'm looking at it, it's like, bro, he was in some... He's in some bullshit. Bro. He was in some a dookie lot, makers. But there, were, there, but, I mean, there were a lot of that stuff. It wasn't necessarily about the quality. Well, never mind. We can know. <laughs> it was just about black people having their own stuff with the yeah. black films and stuff mm -hmm. like that. We'll be back after this quick break. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, so let, let's let's focus on the the best character in the film, Mike. I wanted to ask: is is the the guy who played Malcolm was he in um that show you like High Fidelity? Oh, uh, was he? <laughs> the only person I know in this movie was Leslie Odom. Yep. Wait, was that the one that really? played? That was the one in Hamilton. Yep. No, I know oh. the guy that played. Uh, oh, was the guy from Hamilton? Aaron, what? Aaron Burr, I didn't yeah. realize it either. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I tried to block that. Uh, yeah, me that too. One, me that too. Bullshit out of my head. It's, that was the one that played. Well. Yeah. I was aware of all four of them because I seen. Um, I seen Muhammad Ali's character. He was in uh, Ballers. He yeah. had the same oh, cut yeah. and everything. The guy from Jim Brown was in some shit. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of shit. He's yeah. in a show I like on Showtime called City on the Hill. He's probably the most familiar one. Yeah, I to me, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. But he's, now I see why they put they made that dude play Sam Cooke. Because mm -hmm. he can sing. And because he was already in that sellout ass fucking oh, Hamilton. Oh bless it. Uh, yeah, well, he already <laughs> sold the people out. So hey, right, right. Oh, go ahead. That's why they had on the chucking the job. Yep. Right. Yep. I sure do. Stole all the stage. Come on, you love white women, don't you? I sure do. He called him a wind up. He getting typecast. Oh, he sure monkey. did. He, he really sure did. did. Oh, what? Like, oh, that was cold. What? Damn. Who said that? Was he that called, Malcolm? Yes. Called yes. him a wind up. He said wind up monkey toy or something. He did. That was mean, man. That was blow the belt. <laughs> I was like, tell him, Malcolm. He hit that nigga with some gut punches. He did. He really did. Yeah, he was, he was cutting That's him, what I'm bro. saying. I like that arc, man, because he hit him deep. And he and, he, and Sam Cooke was trying to come back, boy. He couldn't. He was hurt too bad. Yeah. Who can come back in that? <laughs> You're a wind up a bourgeois yeah. that's a, Negro. That's, <laughs> man. That's why I said I was like, you ain't shit. Right? We all got something going on. You're, you're, the, you're the only one. <laughs> Wait, what? He said you oh, were yeah. taking pictures and shit. <laughs> That was me. He said, your daddy should have beat you. Yeah, he ain't Malcolm was ready to get in that yeah. ass for it. He said, too. fuck Islam for a minute. I'm about to beat your fucking ass. And I think the irony of Malcolm X, because, well, I mean, shit, I guess they're equal, but it just, it's weird for him to say that. Because of how his- Malcolm, they kind of really blow up in death. You know? What do you uh, mean? Like, he became really, really popular when he died. Malcolm? Mm-hmm. Anything is that there? is that something? somebody probably signed up? Oh, oh okay. signed in or something. Maybe the oh, it's just stop. Yeah. So I just thought it was like you ain't you ain't shit. Look at the rest of us, mm -hmm. and then you know what I was thinking like because Malcolm's past, like how he came up, like nigga, you can't be judging right. I was like, like Malcolm that. really is not well, the white women are like that too. Yeah, and and Mal I yeah, mean Malcolm, what, yeah. Detroit Red, yeah. yeah, but he changed. Yeah, he he changed. To still, I mean, I don't mean I ain't still got that in me. I will still see about your ass. Oh, oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. white woman part. I thought y'all talking about the well, I was, ass part. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking about the the white woman. Part. I'm like, That's bro, you, okay. you was just fucking with them. Like, what? <laughs> that was years <laughs> prior, bro. Different, man. That was years prior. That's why he can speak on it. Right, he's speaking from experience. I used to fuck him too. Trust me, it was fun. 
But I need mm. you to talk, think about your people. I w- mm. When it comes to Malcolm, I was just more surprised that he didn't have a plan in place. Because when I was listening to Betty at, when they was at the crib, she was like, the nation owned the house, mm. nation owned the car. What he, the fuck we going to do if you leave? Like, oh, he was real, I won't say gullible, but he was- he Devout. Was, yeah. Or naive. I won't even say naive, but he was just, he was, he was going hard for the nation. But I, I get that. But at the same time, if you're making this big change, especially at the height that he was, he knows it's a big deal. He knows he got to have some shit in place. Well, well not, he's already tied into it. Yeah, he's tied into it. And it's not like it was a, ch- a calculated change or a change that he wanted to make. He was he discovered all of these things going on with the nation that he just couldn't get with. So that was not a decision that it was. It was almost like he felt forced into that decision. It wasn't like a oh, well, let me get my my, my five-year plan, my, plan yeah, together. It, it wasn't that type of situation. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, though, Rod. I'm thinking this, this Malcolm X, he got to have a five-year plan. <laughs> I mean, he may have had a five-year plan at, you know, after he found out the stuff, but not like, you know, it, the five-year plan started there. It was hard to have five-year plans back then. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like he said multiple times in the movie, he said he, you're living with a, with a target on your back. Mm-hmm. So then for him to have a five-year plan about leaving the only thing that's protecting him right. from that target on his mm-hmm. back, and then he's putting a, an additional Especially target. Stuff that he's trying to do too? Yeah, yeah man. And then you look outside and you see that uh, your bodyguard is... is Converting with the uh, white mm-hmm. man. See, oh, I'm glad is, I was up. confused I about was that. Too. I don't know if that was him. It didn't look like him it wasn't him when they were cons- like it, it didn't look because he went bald headed. The dude had hair. I watched it twice and I was like, I think no, that's just, not that nigga. I think it was just the se- one of the security in general. But it they should have drove that home better because yeah, I didn't yeah, know what the fuck was going on. I vaguely remember what part you're talking about. Like he, there was a couple times. Remember he came into the towards the end. This is when they was at that club. Yeah, after they left the hotel, he was he was calling he was calling Malcolm over to the to the front. He Muhammad Ali was like, Malcolm, come over here. And Malcolm looks out the window, and yeah. there's a black guy. It looks like he's unfolding a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and he's giving it to these two white dudes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you remember earlier, Malcolm but that was, was it. He was paranoid. He was like, bro, these two white dudes been following me right. since the airport. And, and what are you that. saying about that? I'm saying that... Um, they were no, trying to say that that, that were... was his main security detail, yeah. and it wasn't the main security detail, but we do think it was like somebody who was affiliated with the nation that was part of the security detail. He not the main with the FBI. Dude. Yeah. Or the I don't think they did a good job with that. They didn't. Because so they, they should have made it the main security detail. Maybe, or at least maybe the, the really nice guy that was watching the door. I thought that's him. what was going to happen. But at the same time, because what I did like about that part is because we know there was a certain point where Malcolm started really experiencing the paranoia because he knew he was being followed. He knew the oh. FBI was behind him. So I did like the way they were kind of playing up the paranoia with him and even yeah, they could have done a better job, but I almost like the fact that they didn't Very because subtle. he yeah, it was subtle and it was just to show that he knew something was going on, maybe didn't quite know. And you know, when you're paranoid, anybody like, oh, this is my people. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it played into that. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy to hear him talk about like his death before it happened. Really? Yeah, because it, it, he was just saying like, remember there was at the rooftop. He was like, it's just like some something's in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Muhammad was like, well, he made he it. Laughing, what the fuck wrong with you? Huh? It's fucked up, man. No, I'm just saying like, you, what the hell? No, I'm, I'm laughing because I was thinking about the scene and Muhammad Ali was like, humidity? Is that in there? <laughs> oh, I don't even remember that. Because <laughs> they was like, what is it, anxiety, anger? He was like, humidity? But no, nah, I was just, it, I was just thinking like, damn, like, not to say he's spoken into existence or he was just that prolific with what he was doing that this is what's going like I have to, and then like that quote at the end of the movie like mm-hmm. if I'm going to be a martyr at least it's for like something like my brotherhood. brotherhood yeah, yeah. yeah you doing crazy. that work man you know yeah yep yeah yep. yeah they always know yep they always say that like you know all these guys Malcolm all these guys Martin they always bring up death mm-hmm. like very shortly before it happens but they probably bring up death regularly. Shit, even Pac brought up death. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Biggie did or not, but yeah, all these shit, guys. His album's called Ready to Die. That's why they say the cost of freedom is death. Mm. Yeah. Come on with the quotes, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? You got the Maya Angelou in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what um, did the cage bird do? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ron's Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the last questions I got for y'all is what did y'all think of uh, Regina King and this being her introduction to the film world with this particular story? I think it's a good look for her. 
Mm-hmm. I think that she is um, getting, I think that she's getting accolades. I think there's been some Oscar um, buzz around, not necessarily directing, but um, adapted screenplay for this. Um, but I think that ultimately it's a good look for her. Yeah. What about you, Mike? <clears throat> um, did you have some? Because you'll forget. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Thank you. I think it's a good move for her, um, especially in these times. You know what I'm saying? Seeing us on film and mm-hmm. and, and the direction that we're going with, with film, you know, she has something in, under her belt that she can add to that. Is how I feel about it. So I think I think it's a good move for her. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think it. I the only part that had me questioning a little bit was because the the first half of the movie was really dull mm-hmm. to me. I'm hoping she understands that the only way that worked is because she was working with those particular characters. Mm-hmm. But if this was a movie with people that we are ha- like we have no connection to. Mm-hmm. I might have turned it off. Like, if this was just four black guys and they're just having these random, general, whatever the fuck conversations and it's not going anywhere, I think I would have stopped caring and not paid attention anymore. So I'm hoping that, like, I'm assuming she's smart enough to know that, like, this is only going to work this way. I can only make a movie that's dull for the first half like this because we're dealing with iconic people that we all know. But I think this was definitely very good for her for her resume. You know, mm-hmm. she's directed TV shows, but a lot of people have directed TV shows. Mm-hmm. This is her first movie, and it didn't suck. Yeah. Like, it was actually fucking good. So this is a good accolade for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was solid. It was, I think it was safe. It wasn't like she was extremely creative right. as a director. I think it was a safe pick for her, but it was solid enough to where it's a good, it's good for her. With the execution. The of it. Yeah. The execution of yeah. it was solid enough to where it's, it's good for her to come out the door with it. I don't know if I agree with the safe thing. Really? Yeah. Because like you can mess this up. You can definitely mess something like this up. That's a good point. If, um, honestly, based off what y'all yeah. saying, if Muhammad, I mean, if Malcolm yeah. isn't in this shit, oh, if Malcolm wasn't in this, this would have got a yeah. fucking F. Or, or, or if, if the actors didn't play these characters well enough, like and that's what I was saying. The only one that played them well enough was Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the other ones played played the other characters okay. Like, but that's what I'm saying. But say, say yeah. if Malcolm wasn't as strong as he was. Mm-hmm. This would have been a cluster. Mm. Yeah, exactly. This would have been an absolute cluster. Good exactly. direction or good acting? Because if you put this exact same film with a different Malcolm and you have a cluster. That's a good question. I mean, okay, okay. All right, I, I, I'll go there. All right, so I think they all go hand in hand because you okay. can have a great actor with horrible directing mm-hmm. and then it'd be mm. bad. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like a happy Lovecraft Country, you. right? They don't like Mike yeah. doesn't like Lovecraft Country. Actors are great. I think some of the I'm on an island. Good. I just think the show sucked in general. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I get yeah. you, but but that that's a combination of things that makes it. Suck You're right because you. the directing to me was worse than the acting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the actors yeah. was actually pretty damn good, you know. But mm-hmm. the, if the direction ain't there, and there's some other shows like that too, where you got really good actors, and it's like, damn man, how do they fuck this up? Right, like, it's, it's writing. Yeah, is a big part, and directing is a big part to that. Mm-hmm. Ken, would you agree with the, the consensus on this uh, directorial debut from Regina King? I think the only thing that's, that really, I think one of the things that saved it was the dialogue. I guess mm. that's the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That was that's it. interesting. Kept that powers. Because yeah. the, I, the actors didn't do it for me. Damn. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like Jim Brown, no. Yeah, I'm with you. Ali, no. With you. Sam Cooke, only when he sung, we were singing. <laughs> so wind him up. <laughs> you know, I Malcolm. did a pretty good job. Who? I thought Sam Cooke did okay, man, acting. I like Sam. I thought Sam was, was right. cool. He was okay. Malcolm, it took me a while to get into uh, him. But man. again, I don't think it was necessarily him. I think it was just the dialogue. I think really it was the conversation that, was, that they were having. Because they're, you know, so applicable today in so many different ways. So I spent most of the movie talking to the damn TV mm-hmm. to Monique, you know, about the things that they were saying. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was That's one thing point. that Ali said in the car when they were having, after they went and got that liquor, it was like, you know, we can do what we want to do. And we're in a world now where she can go out and make this movie. So whether it's safe, whether it's not safe, 
we're in a state now in 2021 where we can do what we want to do. And um, so that allows her to put out a movie like this that's really speaking primarily to a specific audience and sell it to Amazon Prime and um, and then see what happens. So, But don't but you why, think that... Oop, nope, nope, nope. But while that dialogue is there, it still has to be delivered a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. You're talking about, <laughs> about the actors? Acting mm-hmm. and directing again. Yeah, like, because if they still, gave that dialogue to some other group of yeah. actors, it would have been terrible still. Yeah, the dialogue would still been there, but mm-hmm. you would have been you would have been kind of pulled out of it a little bit. If Malcolm wasn't it. delivering it the way Malcolm was delivering it, man, come on, it, you'd have been like, okay, okay, well, yeah, just a the dialogue was awesome, but mm-hmm. yeah, performance yeah. So I, you know, we we throw in we can throw in the act the actors, I guess, when they were having the conversation <clears throat> in there as well. But if that shit wasn't written a certain way. I guess they go hand in hand. It a does. lot of it goes yeah. hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but yeah, I've seen a lot of movies with a lot of dialogue. That's why. I, that's why I can't fucking stand Quentin Tarantino. His movies are just a bunch of worthless dialogue, mm. and a lot of times I don't think the actors carry it. I'm just like I don't give a fuck about any of these people. Mm. This one, even though these guys were not believable, at some point I just had to take my mind out of that's supposed to be Muhammad Ali, that's supposed to be Jim Brown, and just listen to what they're saying. And I think the actors delivered the lines well they just didn't deliver them well as those people you know what i'm saying like if the, if that if that conversation was being had and those were supposed to be just four black people whoever black people yeah. i would have still been like damn that's a good ass line that's a good ass line too but it, it there was never a time where i was like yeah that sounds like jim brown but you know what i think they i think because what they were saying was so so good to me they became less bothersome to me. Yeah, exactly. No, because yeah, they yeah, bothered yeah. me the exactly. whole movie. And then yep. after, after a while, I just forgot about them right. and just was listen, listening to what they were saying. Right. And just imagining like th- this conversation actually really happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so. Well, yeah. I think that's better because I, I think you felt that way because, like I said, we, we felt like Muhammad Ali was acting like Muhammad Ali versus just having a real ass conversation mm-hmm. with someone. He was still he was still saying he still was doing what you uh, described mm-hmm. him as in the beginning throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. That did not change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was just the conversation. But he wasn't yeah. part. He wasn't really part of that conversation. He had a it was couple really moments. He had a Sam and, and Malcolm. Yeah, he didn't say really anything that was super deep or poignant. He was just yeah. kind of just making. Jumping up on beds and shit. Yeah, just like, all right, bro. He's 22 year old guy. He was the comedic relief, but um, he was. Yeah, you was their point about him, though. Yeah, I think, and as you guys are talking, I think for me, like, when I was watching this, I'm thinking this is an imaginary conversation. This is what might have happened if these four gentlemen were together and what we could imagine would happen. And part of what I liked about it is one, seeing characters like a Malcolm X specifically be a little bit more personable, mm-hmm. right? And even with Muhammad Ali, because yeah, he was the voice and him trying, I can see why you say it's like he was act, trying to act like Muhammad Ali. But I did like to a certain extent, like if you think about Muhammad's personality and how even in interviews and things like that, he was always making these comments, doing his one-liners. Like I felt like, especially as a 22-year-old kid who just won the championship of the world, I can see him being in being that type of like just rambunctious person. All that energy. You're a bo- you're an athlete. You're a boxer. You got a lot of energy. You're jumping on beds. You're a kid at the end of the day who has all this power. What do you do with it? So to me, it didn't. I get what you're saying, and I can get why it would take somebody out. But for me, I think I enjoyed it because it made me feel like I might be watching something behind the scenes of this person. I hope they. Heard, I hope they heard a story of him jumping on the bed. That I'm like. <laughs> That, well, I, that's just too much. I thought the scene where at the pool was what stood out to me because with, with Muhammad Ali, because for him to be 22 and be like, I like how he was talking to the guy, like, this is my money. Like, the, if the investors want to police who I'm oh. friends with and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I can pay them back with interest, mm-hmm. but you ain't gonna control me. I thought that was just so mature for but a then kid. he also told him some real shit. He was like, they only know what they see on the media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's a catch 22. His his antics what didn't really bother me that much. Like him jumping on the bed, that didn't bother me. It was just like we know the Muhammad Ali inflection. You know, <laughs> I've seen plenty of interviews where he's not doing that. Mm. He turns it on and off. Mm. He's like, is right. we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. He turns it on and off at times. He never turned it off. This no. whole fucking movie. I don't. It's, that's what made it not believable. 
Like, mm. have you ever seen the, the the clip where he's talking to the white guy about, you know, not mm-hmm. trusting white men, the snakes and all that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it then nope. because it was a serious conversation. Yes, absolutely. Anytime you saw Muhammad Ali in a situation where he was talking about something serious, he wasn't doing that. Thing, talking like this. Even when he was he, in the car with Sam Cooke? I'm trying to remember. That's what I'm saying. He had, that was only the one of the few scenes. Yeah. He, might, he, he, he few might be scenes right. That might him. be the one time he didn't do that it. That one, and, and, and when he found, when he thought he was using him. And yeah. he called him, oh, you yeah. son of a bitch. And he charged at him. But any other time, he was yeah. doing it. And it was yeah. like, come on, man. Like, I think it was widely known that he mostly did that That's in a show front of the media. Yeah. Which is what he said about the wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, why do you why do you make him make that point? But then the rest of the movie, you're still having still him talk having like him do this. this shit. It mm-hmm. just seemed, and maybe maybe we're all wrong. Maybe Muhammad Ali did talk like that most of the time. I was, I just don't believe it. I was also <laughs> the way Elijah Muhammad be talking. That shit always makes me laugh. You're like one, two, three, like <laughs> the way he, he be talking. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's also the other thing, Mike. Is like maybe he what because I really don't know. So I was like, maybe he that's how he really is and they did research maybe and, and they yeah. know so you know it's still it, it just felt like they were playing Ali man because mm. you know we know him to be we know the old Ali and we know what we've seen in the media right it was just like man come on why y'all making him you know be that way what Keep I do like yeah man it just I don't know yeah. but I do like what you were saying Nay, about Malcolm because yeah. we know Malcolm to be one way and we got a chance to really yes. see him just like really be a black man to enjoy boxing yeah, music mm-hmm. Photography. You know, yeah. He's kind of laughing and cracking jokes with him that. and stuff. You didn't? No, no, no. Like, like the part about like, him going to like concerts and having mm-hmm. the protection there. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that being in this book. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. So and I guess when I think of Malcolm X, I just automatically think of him just always being super serious. Yep. I'm pissed off because that's how they described him in the movie. That's how I thought. He's yeah. always pissed off. I just never think of people like that being at a concert and Yep. And yeah. crap and having a good time. I just never hey, thought that concert was fire. I like that shit. Or I thought it was like it was funny how like he was throwing a party and all he had was ice cream and like just him like yeah. like they like what really this is what we doing Malcolm? But, but that part made sense to me because that's right. what I think. He's I think that he'd be that lame. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All I got is vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I'm as a black nah. militant. <laughs> right. All I got is vanilla and another thing of vanilla. Yeah. Uh, the last question I have for y'all, it was more so just about... Oh, the last question was yeah, the last question. Yeah, the last question was the last question. one of the last. I said one of the last. That's why I always say, I feel like the last question. Me. Um, <laughs> uh, the way we look... This movie made me have, uh, had a, a thought about the way black people look at entertainers, right? Mm-hmm. And to see Malcolm bring these three men into a room, they're all entertainers. M- meant not to be taken mostly seriously out of out of everybody in the room you're taking Malcolm seriously out of you know what I mean as far as from the outside looking in I think from like a, a, a educational and influential perspective and now looking at it now how we look at entertainers where we always want them to be like a Jim Brown a Muhammad Ali and a Sam Cooke I was wondering like is this where that comes from this is where it started and may, and has it eroded from that as far as like if you look at certain entertainers that we try to prop up and they kind of fall short and all that is that based off a false expectation like those was just them back in the day you can't ex- have those same expectations for these people now shit no shit. i disagree i disagree too i think that one i think that it's always been that way with our entertainers um as a culture as a people in america we see our entertainers be in a position that you either aspire to, you don't think it's possible for us. And I think that they've always, even looking at like Ma Rainey, like even back then, they understood their place. They understood how they related to white people. And they also understood what they could mean for black people also. Um, So I think that we've always had to rely on our entertainers to show the people some sort of direction Mm -hmm. in our community. And I think if we lose that, then that's um, very unfortunate. And I think that, yes, our entertainers absolutely have an obligation to their people in a certain way. Yeah, I was specifically disagreeing with the part of not expecting them to have that same responsibility today. That's the only part I was disagreeing with you. I think they have more responsibility now because they can get away with more now. Like back then, you would have literally been murdered. Now it's like we have a lot more power when it comes to entertainment and the industry where we can say certain things and it won't be as bad. But now it seems like people are more scared to say certain things. They want to protect their money. Yeah, they got more to lose right. almost. 
But that quote, that famous, you know, Dave Chappelle quote about Ja Rule, a lot of people still related to, like, uh, understood that? as far as, like, why the fuck would I don't care about what Ja Rule thinks about this serious oh. situation? Ja Rule's an entertainer, and at the one point in time, it's very influential. I don't, but still, a lot of people agree with that quote, because I'd rather hear from someone who is more educated on a certain subject than an entertainer. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think people are kind of full of shit, though, because if... if I'm trying. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, who's the who's like a really popular rapper right now? Um, like, let's Drake. Baby. For, if yeah. Drake comes out, the baby. <laughs> if Drake had come out during Trump's presidency and started talking about issues, they're li- like that whole like, oh, we don't want to hear what Ja Rule has to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny joke, but it's bullshit. Like Drake would be able to sway a lot more people than Neil deGrasse Tyson coming out and saying something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I get you. Like those people influence way more than people try to give them like credit for. It. So uh, yeah, Dave Chappelle made a funny joke, but I don't know how how like logical or real that is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people taking that and running with it, boy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear what Ja Rule specifically has he, to he say. He has something to say about Robin Hood. <laughs> did he? he did. Yeah, he did. He they came out his head. Did. They came out his head quick. <laughs> They start making fire jokes. Man. Yeah, you can't they to jack the shit, fire. bro. Right. You bro. really can't. You probably yeah. know what the fuck Robin Hood. You probably thought it was about the movie. <laughs> but no, I mean, specifically about Ja Rule, yes. But in entertainers in general, no. Nah, I think entertainers have a responsibility yeah. to kind of be informed. If, if, if they want to present an idea that they actually give a fuck. If they're just like Wayne, they're like, I don't give a fuck about none of this shit. I'm just making money. Fine. Yeah, Dave Chappelle has a point. I think it depends on who the exactly. entertainer is mm-hmm. speaking. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I think the interesting, so the, a couple of interesting things uh, watching it is that Malcolm, that was Malcolm's reasoning because he could see that this is a way to speak to a massive number mm-hmm. of people at one time mm-hmm. with a multi-pronged attack, singer, football player, boxer. And... When he was trying to convey and get that message across about why they were so important, he said, black people are dying every day. Mm-hmm. We say that today still. Mm-hmm. So the issues present back then hasn't disappeared, but what has disappeared mm-hmm. is the less is the vocality of the entertainers speaking out about it mm-hmm. in the way that they did. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that they all had different ways of attacking the system, whether mm-hmm. or not we agree with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had... Of course, you have Malcolm, but you have Jim Brown, who was doing it, you know, through his actions, quitting the NFL damn near at his peak to go pursue something because they were trying to force him to do something with his own body. You have Sam Cooke, who said, well, no, he was doing those things when mm-hmm. it comes to empowering black people and making money off the white people with the recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was trying to get him to do more with the music because people followed it as the example with the concert. Mm-hmm. And... Lo and behold, and you know, for Malcolm to come back and say, for Malcolm to come back and say, this message does sell because there's a white guy doing it, and then for years later we have Barry Gordon believing what Sam believed, yet Marvin Gaye did what's going on, and mm-hmm. it sold out the wazoo. Case in point with "Blowing in the Wind" be the number one song, and then of course you had uh, Ali, who went to jail mm-hmm. <laughs> for shit. So they all had their way of reaching out to the people and conveying messages to the people, these Mm -hmm. different outlets. And it was not like just one way, this whole monolithic approach. It was a non-monolithic approach to it. And that's what I thought was really, really dope in in watching this. Even And that's why he was pushing Sam Mm -hmm. to do more. Because what you're doing is behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. Nobody knows or sees that. that. So there's more. And then he recorded this song. It became one of the most biggest, iconic, memorable songs of all time. That song in any situation by any given moment, any given person. Um, so I think that that was, you know, within itself powerful, man, that they, they all managed to do that. And you just imagine if only they had that same fight mm-hmm. because there was a, a comfort level that was achieved where we're making money now and less people are being dying. So people relax. Mm-hmm. But we're still there, man. People are still dying mm-hmm. through okay. these means. So. 
What else you got, bro? That's it. That's it. Any last thoughts? Before I want to talk to you. Oh, shit. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Mike. Oh, we landed on that note. Shit. Fuck it. I get it. You don't want to hear me talk. Uh, is it? I mean, yeah, well, it's kind of preaching there for a minute. I felt something in my spirit. Shit. Nick said, I'm here too, bro. Nick said, I thought this was my show. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get the laptop to kids? I was just saying, kid came in and control versed your whole shit, bro. That's oh, all that shit. Hey, I let him cook. No pun intended. Big Sean today, bro. I got. I have one more thing. I thought it was interesting, Ken, that you said that you liked the dialogue and the screenplay because what's his name, Kemp Powers? Mm-hmm. He wrote Soul. Mm. Hmm. He changed, he, changed he changed his mind. He changed his mind. He changed his mind. I take it all back. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was real mm-hmm. interesting. Well, maybe you should write more of this. Mm-hmm. No more cartoons for him. Uh, <laughs> Unless it's a cartoon feature of Jim Brown's out there. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> he like, mm. <laughs> that was the black guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie was done by white people. He mm-hmm. was a part of it, but he was. So this movie, he was Sam cooking. He was black, uh-huh. done by black people. Uh-huh. It was better. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Better direction than God is, I guess. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I told you it all. It all hey. plays. I mean, I still like white the movie, person so. took the soul out of soul. <laughs> Maybe they need to get Regina. <laughs> That's a fact. Regina should have played. Uh, what was it? Twenty two. Yep. Regina should have been twenty two. Soul is good, man. Uh, all right. <coughs> Any last thoughts? So that's it. That's it. Ken. Ken killed it. Ken killed it. Yeah. Close it out. Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. All right. Let us know. <laughs> Still mad, bro? I said you could be Big Sean. You don't never give me no nicknames like that. All right? <laughs> Give yourself all the yeah. I told you. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you see why? If I'll get, 48 I'll AKAs, get what else can I give you, big? You know, I ain't said it in a while because I wait. I'm looking for everybody. Who else going to give it for me? Shit. Look, you had, you had Thick Boy over here giving you fucking... <laughs> Mike, stop. All right. You we wrapping it up. Kid. We wrapping it up. <laughs> we wrapping it up. Right, yeah, wrap it up, Nick. Wrap it up, Nick. Please let, look, thick boy, oh, please let us know your thoughts on. <laughs> look, Thick Boy better wrap it up. <laughs> stop the madness. These are our thoughts on One Night in Miami. Please let us know if you like the love or hate it. FPS Podcast. That's the handle for uh, Reddit thread and also IG and Twitter. And we'll catch you guys next week. We out. Peace. Oh, God.